Chapter One of Billy Whiskers Jr. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Billy Whiskers Jr. by Francis Trego Montgomery. Chapter One Night Grows Tired of the Farm. Knight had not been home more than three weeks when he commenced to get restless and tired of the quiet life on the farm. It was such a change from the adventurous, exciting life he had been leading that he did not know what to do with himself. This going to bed with the chickens and getting up with the sun, with nothing to do all day long but graze in the pasture or sleep in the shade, did not suit him. So he whispered to Day one day, This life is driving me mad. I am going away the first chance I get. I have it all planned. Come over here by the stream and I will tell you all about it. Oh, Knight, don't go away and leave us. It will be so lonely without you. Why, I think it is perfectly lovely here. It is so clean and quiet. And then we know we are not going to be hurt or starved one day and petted and stuffed the next like when we were traveling. I know, dear. But you are a girl and like the quiet, while I am a boy and like adventures. Why, I like to get into scrapes just for the fun of getting out of them. Besides, there is another reason why you like it here. You need not think I have not noticed how that handsome goat with the long hair and curved horns almost as long as my own makes sheep's eyes at you, for I have. And so, Miss Day, you are in love. I see you are blushing, for the inside of your ear is as red as blood, and that is a sure sign a goat is in love. Well, how do you like it? It is nicer than you thought when you took me away from Spotty, isn't it? Oh, Knight, do forgive me. I never would have done it if I had thought you felt as I do now. But I did not know then, and I wanted you all to myself. I know I was selfish and jealous, but do forgive me, won't you? Yes, dear little sister, I will forgive you, because I did not care so very much for Spotty. If I had, you could not have kept me from her. I would have found my way back to Madeira if I had spent the rest of my life looking for it. But you see, don't you, that now you will be happy and contented. Father and mother don't need me now that they have you, so I am going out to see some more of the world and try to find another goat as nice as you are to marry. If I do, I will bring her back here and we will always live happily forever afterward, as they say in the storybooks. But when and where are you going, Knight? Do tell me. And you will surely wait until I am married, won't you? I am going west. I have heard all about the wonderful prairies, plains, and mountains out there where there are hundreds of thousands of sheep, and how each flock has a large goat for a leader. Now it is my ambition to be one of those leaders. How in the world will you get there? It is thousands upon thousands of miles from here, and you can't walk all the way. No, my dear, I know I can't walk it, but I can walk part of the way and steal rides occasionally, like the tramps do. I will get there somehow for I never failed to do anything which I made my mind up to do if I stuck to it long enough. I can just see those immense mountains lying so still and solemn, 
cut by innumerable bridle paths and canyons, where the sheep seek shelter from the driving storms, protected from the wolves that sneak down to devour them by their big billy goat leader. He gives the signal of danger, and with the shepherd drives off the hungry wolves. For mercy's sakes, don't talk of going where there are wolves, for they will tear you to pieces, and I shan't close my eyes until you get back. I shall be so worried, said Day. Don't fear for me, sister mine. No old wolf will get the better of me while I have two such long, sharp horns on my head as I now have. Why, a wolf is nothing more than a wild dog, and you know how I treat ugly cross dogs. I don't believe father will let you go, said Day, as a last resort to discourage his going. Oh, yes, he will. He was young once and liked adventures as well as I do now. And mother won't mind after a few days because she has you. Won't mind? Well, I guess she will. Forty me's can't take the place of you in her mind. She is so proud of your strength and beauty. You needn't get conceited. But you know you are very handsome with your silky black coat and long beard, almost as long as Papa's. Every young nanny in the pasture has been making eyes at you since you came back. Why can't you fall in love with my chum Belle? I am sure she is pretty enough for any goat to fall in love with. And then you could live here and not go away and leave us all again. I feel it in my bones. If you go, you will never come back again. Do try to live here, Knight, won't you? I would do anything for you, Day. That I could but I couldn't and wouldn't fall in love with that long-nosed, sheepish-looking bell with washed-out blue eyes, even to please you. Oh, Knight, she hasn't washed-out eyes, and she is considered a beauty. Well, I don't admire your taste. Whoever wants her can have her, for all of me. Here comes Mother, and we must stop talking, for I don't want her to know I am going away until my plans are complete. Knight had grown so much like Billy since he had been away that he was no longer called Knight, but Billy Whiskers Jr. Billy Jr. had taken to spending all his time by the fence that ran along the roadside, and he was getting thin from watching so much and eating so little. When his mother noticed this, she said, My dear son, why do you spend so much of your time down by the road where the grass is dusty and scarce, instead of here by the stream where it is clean and fresh? Oh, I don't mind the dust, he answered. I stay there so that I can talk to the horses, cows, and sheep that pass by. But you are getting thin, and your coat is dirty and shabby from want of care. And you act as if there was something on your mind. Can't you tell your mother what it is that is worrying you? At this, Billy Jr. broke down and told her all his plans. How he was longing to get away and go west. But he could find no one who could tell him how to get there. All the animals that passed along had been born and raised in the east and knew no more about the west than he did. Nanny answered, You are just like your father was at your age. I have been afraid for a long while that you were dissatisfied here, and though it will nearly break my heart to have you go, still I will not forbid your doing so. So Billy Jr. kept up his watch by the fence and at last was rewarded by hearing this news. A loose colt from one of the neighbors told him that a gentleman from far away out west was visiting at their place, 
and that he had brought his horse with him. This horse told them all about the Big West every evening when they were all shut in their stalls, and he, for his part, was crazy to go. That is just what I am crazy to hear about, for I want to go there myself. Can't you kick the stable door down tonight so I can get in and hear what he says? said Billy Jr. Certainly I can, for my stall is the outside one, and I will do it when I hear you baa outside. Thank you very much, said Billy Jr. I will be there as soon as the hired man has left the barn, so he won't see me and drive me back. And for the first time in many days, Billy Jr. ate a good dinner and rolled and rolled in the clean sand to shine up his much-neglected coat, which, when he had finished, shone again like satin. As evening drew on, he was all impatience for it to get pitchy dark and for everyone to go to bed so he could be off. At last he thought it was dark enough for him to try it, especially as his coat was so black it was not easily detected. He jumped the fence where he and Day had jumped it when they had returned from their travels, and turning down the road, he was soon on his way to the neighbors to hear what the horse had to say about the West. End of chapter 1 Read by Joni Vatheinen, Elk River, Minnesota July 13, 2022